0: Hey, everybody. So, you found my podcast. My name's Heather, and this is Here for the Booze. I have been kind of dreaming of this for a couple of years, and I finally decided that I just need to let go of the idea that I could put out the perfect podcast. We're just going to get into it and go from there. So, um, really, there's not a whole lot to say about myself. I'm no professional ghost whisperer. I'm not a psychic. Uh, nothing like that. Actually, I'm a hairdresser and sometimes I bake. <laughs> but I really love all things spooky. I love haunted houses and ghost stories and movies and sp- Speaking of ghost stories, my most favorite kind are personal encounters. So, the spooky ookie creepy pastas, I think they're really fun and, as the name implies, pretty creepy. But nothing gets me jazzed more than talking to somebody who has had their own paranormal experience and it can be something big or something small. I do not care. I want to know everything about it. So my hope is that I can find some people in my own personal life to share their spooky stories with me. I would love to start collecting emails or recordings from anybody else, anybody who's listening, although I'm not Sure, I'm quite ready to be doing that just yet. Um, and I'm not really sure what else. I just like stories. <laughs> so, on that note, I think I'm going to start with one of mine. I would say this is probably the thing that really kicked off a lot of my subsequent experiences. Probably 12, 13 years or so ago, I was living with my best friend, Samantha. And one of the things we had always wanted to do was go visit a psychic together. For our friendiversary, because yeah, we were those ridiculous girls, I decided I was going to take Sam to a local psychic. Now, the place we went to... This isn't a comment so much on how legitimate it was or wasn't, but this is more the impression and the vibe it gave off. It's this house that's across the street from a fast food chain with a neon psychic sign in the window, and the house is sort of run down, but, you know, otherwise nothing notable about it. It was the only place I knew of. And this is in the time before Google. I mean, I suppose I could have asked Jeeves, but I knew this place was there. So that's where we headed. We got there and we walked in and they had one of those like all season porches, you know, that semi-insulated, um, but still drafty and then still so hot in the summers. And it was... Decorated and exactly the way you would expect it to be and this young woman comes out and asks us what we're there for and we tell her what's going on she lets us know that they don't give like group readings we had to do a one-on-one sort of deal so she was going to stay out on the porch with Sam and do her reading there and I was taken into the house where her mother was going to do my reading. Uh, and we were there for, I don't know, probably around about an hour, I guess. And I'm just sitting at their kitchen table. Uh, the mom, and I wish I remembered her name, she would get up occasionally and, you know, she's in the middle of making dinner. So she'd stir whatever was in the soup pot. She took a phone call at one point. Her husband walked in, they had a brief conversation in front of me, and it was all just very comical to me. I am somebody who really believes in all of this, but at the same time, I'm super skeptical about anything that's placed in front of me. So, while I do believe that there are psychics and sensitive people out there, I didn't necessarily believe that this neon sign, (laughs) having woman across the street from the Culver's was it. So the more interruptions we had, the more I'm just enjoying life. It's all very fun to me. And we did a palm reading. Um, I don't even remember what else. What really sticks out to me, and for good reason, was the tarot reading, which is the last thing we did and at this point she had given me a lot of generic information a lot of that stuff that skeptics always tell you to look out for uh you know as the psychic or the medium is kind of leading you to give them information that they can then give back to you and make it seem as if they've reached and pulled this from the other side And I was very aware of that. And that was a lot of the information that we had shared. So by the time we're at this tarot reading, I'm having a good time. I think it's really all a crock of shit. And I'm just letting it be. Midway through this reading, she stops what she's doing. And she just looks so annoyed. And just kind of... (laughs) you know, exasperated. And she kind of just sets her hand down with a sigh. And she's like, I am so sorry. But there is this young man. He will not leave me alone. He wants to talk to you. And she proceeds to describe an ex-boyfriend that I had who had killed himself in early high school. She was able to tell me he died what he looked like she was able to use nicknames that he is still to this day the only person who ever used them for me and all of this is creepy enough and before anybody says oh she read about it in the papers it's it's it didn't happen that way I grew up an hour away from where I live now and it's a very teeny tiny town it's one square mile and, again, this had happened in early high schools. And at this point, I think I was maybe 20, 21. So, I just, there's just no way. And after a moment, I kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say I blacked out. But I don't really remember a lot of the specifics she was giving me. Because I was freaking out. I was silently crying and then mentally screaming I just couldn't figure out what was going on basically she was saying that the message he wanted to get across was that he was really sorry that he left me at a time when I really needed him which was true I was going through a lot of home stuff and I was not doing well and I really relied on him for a lot of emotional support and so he was sorry for that but that he loved me and he wanted me to know that he was still with me that he was watching me that he was rooting for me and that I didn't need to feel (laughs) like I was alone and like I didn't have anyone in my corner because he was always in my corner and I think about this now, and I still am not completely sure what I think of it. In that moment, I was super creeped out, of course, but it's also sort of comforting, but then it's also kind of sad. And, you know, here I am years and years later, and I, I haven't really come to any steadier of a conclusion. I, it's sad that he would hang around for me, that he felt guilty or that I needed him, but also that's sweet. And I mean, I don't hate the idea of this person still being a part of my life. So I don't know. But in in that moment, I was quietly panicked. (laughs) she then proceeded to tell me that when I left, I was not supposed to tell anybody about our reading. Point blank period. Do not repeat any information. Then she wanted me to come back later that night to not tell anybody I was coming back, come by myself, And she was going to perform some sort of ritual that was not well described to me. Or at the very least, I don't remember because again, panicking. I think I'm just sort of crying and nodding along at this point. We got into the car and I told Sam to drive out of there and we were never coming back. This is clearly how you get murdered. Secretly going into some ritual you don't really know anything about. I told Sam everything that had happened. She was pissed because apparently what her reading had been was something along the lines of she was going to have five children with four different dads. And (laughs) so, again, real comical. Um, And there are more things that really followed that that I became more aware of or that just became what I would say more blatant, I guess, more obvious and aggressive is not a good word because none of it was really aggressive. I've never, nothing really has made me feel scared or like I'm in danger or anything like that, but just more pointed. I'm I'm not really sure, but it was like once this idea was put into my head. Once this was something that I acknowledged, things happened more and there were things that were less excusable. I wasn't able to find excuses for a lot of them, whereas before I could. And so I find that really interesting too. In more recent life, I've had a little bit less activity. Um, And I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know if there's an underlying reason for that or not. I can speculate. But (laughs) that initial encounter, it was just really something. It really touched a lot of nerves in me. It really gave me a lot to chew on. And I think about it almost daily. I mean, it's just it was incredible. I mean, how he died, what he looked like, it, it was just so bizarre. And um, so, you know, we can elaborate on that in a later episode. But I think that up until that point, I had always really kind of liked horror movies and that sort of deal. But that experience really pushed me in a direction that I wasn't anticipating it really made me focus more on um, the living aspects of the supernatural and paranormal I I don't really know how to phrase that but the idea that the people we lose are not lost to us um, I just I'm sure a lot of people can find comfort in that idea but the idea that you know maybe there's some sort of barrier maybe it's an alternate dimension which by the way there's some wackadoodle science stuff going on right now that we will talk about later um I don't know it's just it's just really something and I really want to hear from other people and see what they think and things that they've gone through, why they feel the way that they do, and I just really hope that you'll stay and explore that with me. So thank you for listening to me babble on about my first true ghostly experience. Um, My name's Heather, and I am here for the booze.